Father, we thank you that we're at an opportunity in this day to raise up the name of Jesus. We want to just pronounce to our whole world a generation that doesn't know that the blood can set them free. And we thank you, Father, that you have given us this generation an appointed time. So, Lord, we just want you to just anoint us. <coughs> anoint us for this time. And Father, we ask you now for the gifts for each and every one of us here and each and every one of us that can hear your voice. Let the gifts of heaven rain down on earth to help us advance the kingdom of the Almighty. And Father, we need help. So we pray tonight, Lord, send your angels, your ministering angels, your healing angels, your guardian angels. Lord, send them to us. For we need help. And Father, we pray for the Middle East. We pray, Lord, send your army into that Middle East area, Lord, where we will see the decimation of evil. And we ask you now, Jesus, send your army into the middle heaven, into the second heaven, to bring down these principalities and powers that are igniting people to do the evil things, the evil works, the greater works, which is the counterfeit to the ones of us that will do the greater works. But Lord, we pray now for for Israel and Egypt to stand together. Lord, that behind closed doors, above the counter or below the counter, Lord, we pray that there'll be an alliance against Hamas against Hezbollah, yeah. against ISIS. Yes, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, these armies will be defeated. But, Lord, they'll be defeated by an army raised up from heaven on earth. And that, Lord, that these two heavens will come together. And I want to read out something that the ambassador of Great Britain from Israel went into Bradford this week and he said these words addressing an audience of Bradford residents and porters of Israel. Tavu said that they have met counselors and faith leaders in Bradford and he was pleased to learn that the real voice of Bradford was one of cooperation and understanding. In the best of the spirit of Yorkshire, he added, the voice of Bradford knows that there has only ever been one boycott. Jeffrey boycott. (laughs) Regarding Galloway's declaration that Bradford is an Israel-free zone, Tubar accused him of singling out the only country in the Middle East where he would be able to speak so objectively objectionably, and to live to see another day. It is not an Israel-free zone you are talking about, George, he said. 
It is a tolerance-free zone, a progress-free zone, a future-free zone. The ambassador also had strong words too for the Liberal Democrat MP of Bradford East, David Ward, who tweeted, if I were in Gaza, I would fire a rocket. Probably yes. Is that an insult? Is that an insult to all those Palestinians who try and stand up against the terrorists to raise their kids to reject violence, asked the ambassador. Probably yes. So Father, we thank you. There are people standing up today. And Lord, we're, we're part of that. Let's stand up and say yes to Israel. So Lord, we pray now. We pray for our government. We pray for, for our government and our prime minister to stand with Israel. Our foreign secretary to stand up for Israel. Lord, whether that's above the counter or underneath the counter, Lord, let it happen. Because Father, Great Britain has got the greatness to be put back into it. And Father, we know that this, this Britain will be made great again if we stand with Israel. So Lord, we pray now, whatever it is, whatever we have to do, that we will do it. That Great Britain stands with Israel. And Lord, we want to... We want to say sorry for all the times that we have, that Great Britain has stood against the Israeli people. In 1967 and 1971 and 72, in 1948, Lord, we stood against Israel. And we ask you, Lord, in some way, just forgive us. Forgive our nation for that right now. In Jesus' name, just forgive us. But Lord, turn it around. Turn it around. That we may stand with Israel today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm telling you, if ever we've got to pray, it is now. And I just want to say to Kat and Matt, who I know, who will be listening, you know, we've had conversations. We want to thank you for your friendship. You're now part of our family. And we're part of yours. It's an amazing where these messages are going. Absolutely blowing me and Heidi away, you know, where this is all going. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to speak to them. I just want to say to them, yeah, we're, we're on board with you. We're on board with you. And uh, we can't wait for you guys to be here. We can't but, you know, wait for you guys to come and share with what we're doing here and what we are going to share with you doing over there in Northern Ireland. Uh, Heidi and I, we love you and Jake and we love you all and the dogs. Can't forget the doggies. But Matt and I and Kat and Heidi have been sat around all this week just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And uh, we've been talking about our experiences. We've been talking about our encounters. We've just like, we've know, it's like we've met them and known them all our lives. <clears throat> and much like you, you know, we're on a journey and so are they. And we're going to do this journey together. But you know what? We will not do it without being united 
united in the truth, united in the spirit, united in him. And we can't do it without you and you can't do it without me. And that's a fantastic way to be. And this is why we have these nights. We have these nights so we can go in to the real deep things. And you're going to hear some things that have come out of discussions with Matt and Kat. But one of the things that Heidi and I have been reminded through them is our drive to know the Lord more. Our drive to know everything that he has for us. And, um, and I don't know whether you know this, but Neville went to the Queen. I don't know whether you've known that, whether that's, you know, but it's, it's, on, it's out in public. You know, we're not talking about in a dream. We're talking about an encounter with the, with the Queen where Neville went in and started praying with the Queen and she, shat, she, she sat bolt upright. <laughs> that's a slip of the tongue, sorry. She sat bolt right in bed. If you remember when she found a stranger in her bed, she did not so long ago. Well, this time in a bedroom, yeah. She, uh, she, that Neville was standing at the end of, of her bed and started telling her things from the Lord. And then last night, yeah, I was dead tired, really, really tired. Um, been a long journey back. We got stuck on the M1. It was all closed off. Got back, went to bed, really tired. And I was taken before the Queen. And it was as real as if I'm seeing you now. I was taken with the Queen. And she was quite startled. But I went up to her and I just held her hand. And then I drew round to her left-hand side. And what amazed me, she started speaking in tongues. Completely speaking in tongues. And I remember thinking, this woman's saved. She is, she knows the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just started praying in tongues. And we started praying together. And one of the things that we prayed for was the UK stance today. And she's not happy where the UK and her government are. She's not happy with this whole thing. Of, one of the things that we prayed about was, was the whole thing of gay marriage being allowed back in you know, that into church, and she's not happy about that. We've got to be praying for our queen. We've got to be praying for our royal family. We've got to be praying for our government like never before. And I suddenly realized why I've divided Daniel into two parts. We've looked at Daniel from right away, chapter 1, and we're right at, coming to the end of chapter 10. And I think we're into session 20. But we've really unpacked this, and there's some incredible stuff. Why? Because basically this... Daniel saw from his time to the end of times, right into one. He saw that from where he was to literally when the Lord Jesus comes back. And if we're not paying attention to what Daniel is trying to show us, then we will miss it. And what Daniel is showing us in chapter 9 and 10 is how quickly and how to pray. If you want the quickest answer to prayer, read chapter 9 of Daniel Read it. And if you haven't heard it, go on to the talk and i tell you what I've unpacked there. But this, at the end of chapter 10, is all about this necessity, this desire, this push. We have got to be a praying nation again. And if we are not praying, it, we cannot bring this in. And if you listen to the end of the conference of Neville talking at Lancaster in the United States, he says, we can win this war. The United Kingdom, England, can win this war if we do one of two things. We pray. And second one, we intercede 
for this nation. And he is calling, and I'm calling every intercessor to start interceding for this nation. Because if we don't, folks, we could lose it. I'm telling you, it's what Heidi just said, targeted intercession. And Matt and I, yesterday, we went and uh, whilst uh, uh, Jake took our little boy into a, a toy shop that he works at, you know, a kid's paradise. And uh, we let them go, and we just went and had a cup of coffee, and Matt just picked up the paper, the Daily Mail, and we saw on the front, you know, ISIS, this, a British-born guy, they called him John, from the Beatles, who was just about to literally decapitate a American uh, reporter. And he looked at it and I looked at it. And I've got to be honest, I didn't have very good Christian feelings. I wanted to be in that room with that guy by myself. And there would only be one outcome. One outcome. But evil is rising up in this world. And it's on these shores, whether we like it or not. It is in and on these shores. They are saying that over 500 Muslim terrorists are now fighting in Syria for ISIS. What's from Britain and from all over Europe? And I'm telling you now, I'm absolutely telling you this now, you will see France be overrun. You will see most of Europe overrun. I'm, I'm, I want you to be sober about this. I'm talking about deep things. We need to intercede for our country. And if you think that this whole thing in Scotland is a nice little democratic, it is democratic, thank God for that. But if you think that, you know, this whole thing of, you know, independence for Scotland is from humans, you are greatly mistaken. It is, it is a ploy from the Antichrist. It is a ploy from the devil to divide Great Britain. And we should be praying that that stops. We should pray that should never happen. And when I've been to Northern Ireland, listen, you know, I was reminded that was my roots. My mother was born in Northern Ireland. I was approached by the Irish RFU to go and play for Ireland in rugby. But I desired the, you know, the red rose you know, on this breast. And, you know, and through my pride, you know, I thought, no, I only want to play for England. You know, but I wish now I'd play for Ireland. You know, I really do. And, uh, but I, you know, I've got some heritage in, in Northern Ireland. And after speaking to Matt and Kat, who are British but living there, they are British but in Northern Ireland. You know, the Celts are rising up in this country. The Celts are rising up. You're going to see Northern Ireland and Wales rise up. You're going to see Scotland rise up. Where does it leave us in England? We've got to rise up. And it will not be done without intercession. And it will not be done unless you and me get in our prayer closets for this nation. We've got to start not doing shotgun intercession, just spray and hope it hits something. We've got to do targeted intercession. We want to hear what God is saying and then pray it in and bring it down. That's our mandate between now and October the 3rd and 4th. When we go into the second blood moon, well, the total eclipse is coming, but we're also seeing you know, this whole thing of, of Yom Kippur coming in. It's going to finish. If we haven't got it done by then, Folks, we've got a very short window, but a huge window open to us. And I'm not even starting on the message, but we've got to get this right. 
We've got to get this right. And if we're not spending some time with the Lord, you know, each day, focusing on this, then we're going to open up the gates to something else entering in. I cannot be more serious than that. We're going to see things kick off. Absolutely. I can go back in, I, I, I said this last week, I can go back into my prophetic notes from April, uh, for September the 18th, 2013, and I said, when we see the first blood moon, we'll see war break out in Gaza and Israel. But then what I said next is, we'll see in the second blood moon, another war break out. I mean, next year in 2015, which will be a bigger war in Israel. Bigger war. We need to get this government on side with Israel. I'm telling you, this, this, is, our, this is mine and Heidi's cry. And we're not saying this to get any favor from God. We're saying this because this, this, this is us. This is our very DNA. This is who we are. We need to get on board with the Israeli people. And our governments need to be united. And Daniel is telling us. Daniel is telling us that we have got to get into targeted intercession. He is starting to tell us that you know, our prayers are, can be held up in the second heavens. But God is interceding for us. But we've got to start praying targeted intercession. And we can absolutely guarantee, Daniel tells us, we can guarantee one of two things. We can guarantee that when we start praying this, our prayers will be answered. And our prayers will be answered from the throne room of God. And number two, when we pray this, you can guarantee that all hell will break out. That, the, that, that his realm, the devil's realm, will start breaking out on our prayers. Absolutely did with Daniel and they'll do it with us. He will target our prayers and spiritual warfare will break out and that's a reality but we have the spirit of truth and it says that if you love me, this is from John 14, 15 to 18, if you love me and keep my commandments and I will pray to Father and he will give you another helper. Folks, we've got the biggest helper in the world and his name is the Holy Spirit. We cannot do one thing without the Holy Spirit. We need his help now. We need to be asking God to connect us, to help us connect with the Holy Spirit's heart. And he will help us. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but we know him. For he dwells with you, within you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's help. We need to be Holy Spirit filled children of God. We need to be running with the counsel of the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, with the intercession of the Holy Spirit. And if we can't get into our prayer closets now, when on earth are we going to be able to do it? I don't want to be driven to when we are being persecuted on these streets for our beliefs and actually losing our lives. Let's not be, listen, folks, let's not kid around the block. I've been through one war. I've seen the brutality of man on man and women and children, and I do not want to see it coming to these shores again. And my grandfather and my father have fought two world wars to make sure that these shores are kept open and democratic. And we've got to usher in. We've got to get out of our lethargic state as a church and let the voice of the church, the real church, rise up in this country. That's what we need. We need this. We need this. 
for he, the Holy Spirit, is to help us. Help us fight against this demonic forces that are coming against us. And that he will war with us when we war against them. The Antichrist and his system. And we have to fight. Folks, we have to fight. There's no good just sitting there anymore, arms folded and going, well, I don't really care about this. You've got to care. Otherwise, it might be your head they might be soaring off. I'm absolutely deadly serious about that. Sorry, yes, Tina. Hang on a sec. We, we want to tape all this because people are listening in and people are out there. You won't believe where this is going. I was listening to, I think he's the superintendent of some police in Northern Ireland called Stephen Coggin. Yep. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. He's an amazing believer. And he was saying that one in ten babies are born in the UK are Muslim. And that in the current rate, in ten years, then in the UK would be a, a Muslim nation. And we, I've just spent a week in intercession on some of these areas. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is serious. It's very, it's got, it's deadly serious. <laughs> and we're in it. Yeah. And our attitude has to be one of being acutely aware, but also not striving. Because if we start to strive in prayer, we get into self and flesh. He will direct us as we start to pray. Absolutely. So I just think it's, it's great to be in the house where there is a, a, a voice um, that's actually, you know, speaking out now for uh, the whole house of Israel. Yeah. But we've, we're also invested with, our, you know, our own house. Here in the United Kingdom, it's our own house as well as the house of Israel. You know, we can't separate the two, or we can't hear, because we know in Ephesians 6 verse 12 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Folks, we're in a battle. When will the church wake up and wake up to the fact that we've got to arm ourselves, we've got to get ready, we've got to get our swords sharpened, we've got to get the arrows in our quiver, we've got to re-sling our bows, we're in, a, we're in a battle. We're in a battle, we've got to be militant, but we've also got to be organised. We've got to be absolutely united. One can't run in front of the other, otherwise it leaves a gap and the enemy can outflank us and get in. We've got to be praying from the same song sheet, singing from the same song sheet, worshipping from the same song sheet. But how do we get into that place? By getting to his presence. It's getting into his presence. Because he is going to have an army of people that lift his name up high. And we're going to have this, folks. The Lord has spoken to me about this. You can believe it or not. I am not going to do cry away from it. I've had encounters with the Lord and he speaks to his people that get close enough to hear the whispers of his heart. And there are going to be two people on the, in this country that are not just us. Folks, okay, there's going to be three. There's going to be those that are called the true church, the bride and the bridal paradigm. They're going to be so misunderstood in this day and age. But folks, we're going to have to hide not only the Jews because there is anti-Semitism rising up in Europe like you've never known before. They are going to be driven like the Armenians were driven from, from Armenia by the Turks back in, in uh, 1913 or 14 where over 2 million lost their lives. But a group of them were told to get out before it happened. We're going to have to hide Jews. 
but we're also going to have to hide the Muslims, those that turn to Jesus, those that have an encounter with the living Lord Jesus. We are going to have to hide them. And isn't that a beautiful picture? Jews with Arabs, Muslims. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that how it's meant to be? And we're going to be, we have to be doing this. Because when these guys hear the Lord living Jesus in the name of Jesus, that the name is above their gods, and that all this Ramadan, they've just wasted their time. Wasted their time because they've been fasting to a false god. Folks, we have to be true. That could make me lose my head. If that word gets out and we got radical Muslims in this country saying that's bushfire, where is that? Sheffield, we'll get a carload. We'll go and cut that guy's head off. This is coming. And we need to rise up. We need to fight these things, not in flesh and blood, but to fight them with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and, and those doing wickedness in high places. We've got to ask God, God, arm us with everything that we need so when these people come against us, we have the word of truth, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of faithfulness, and we can start speaking into their lives and start speaking not just words of knowledge, but the spirit of knowledge. And we will have a word in season, not out of season, with the salt and the light and the blood of Jesus all on it in one. We are living in the most brilliant time to ever be a Christian in this country. But we've got to know that we're in a battle. Do you know, and the, the Antichrist will send, you know, and the, and the devil will send, well, we know the Antichrist, listen, he's alive, he's well on this, on this earth as we speak. He knows exactly what he's doing. But the devil is trying to stop something coming. He tried to stop it by killing off generations of boys and women, Look at the First World War. Look how many millions lost their lives of generation. A whole generation almost wiped out. We look at the Second World War. A generation almost wiped out in places. That's what the Antichrist tried to do. Just think how many of those young men and women that died during those times, the destiny that was written on their lives, that the, that the, the devil has come along and wiped them from this earth. Why? Because the destiny... And do you know what he wants to do now? He wants to bring this world into a third world war before its appointed time so that we could lose our lives and wipe out the destiny that's written on our lives. But God is going to raise up this generation, this body of people, from this generation, a bride that he will adorn with his royal robes and his royal jewels and it will be done in the secret of his chamber. But it says that the bride must make herself ready. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we spending time with the bridegroom? Are we kissing him and tasting and see that he is good? Are we, is he tasting our mouths to see whether we're honey unto his, under his lips? <coughs> and this is where I love this. Jesus is going to have his bride without a shadow of a doubt. And this, I'm going to kill some holy cows here. Some holy, religious, sacred cows. The whole church is not the bride. Full stop. Let's get over that. I'll take you through scripture and show you that. The whole church is not the bride. Because listen, folks, not only will there be the bride, because 
if you walk into a church like here and you have a wedding going on, is one side going to be full of, of the bride, bride's friends? Yes? But what about the other side? Is it just going to be Jesus standing there by himself? No. We're going to have people who are going to be called, out of this bridal paradigm, friends of the bridegroom. It's got to be. Otherwise, it cannot be a wedding. It cannot be a wedding. And if you know anything about the Israeli customs and the Jewish customs, is that when a, a bride uh, comes together, well, before they have the betrothal, they, the families meet together, and it's a big ceremony that takes part. I won't go into all of it, because I know most of you will know it. But what they don't know is when they say, yes, I agree to marry this daughter, and this daughter agrees to marry my son, then they, they, split, they go their separate ways. And the bride does not know when the bridegroom is coming. But what does happen is this, folks, and I'm going to explain this in Scripture. This is what we're about to see come on this earth. And I'll guarantee you will never have heard this before. Guarantee it. I've never, ever heard this before. And if you have, then great. Come and tell me more about it so we can make sure and cross-reference and all the rest of it. But this is what happens. The bridegroom will be building his house, getting it ready for his bride. But he will have friends that will come along to the bride-to-be with all of her friends because they go and live in her house. Oh, I feel sorry for the father <laughs> having all these females in the house. But they will live with the bride and they'll get their help, they help her to get ready. But they will have little cross messages of love notes, you know, seeking, yeah, I'm always doing, I love you, I love you. Tell him I love him back. And we have this sort of like cross game, but it's the bridegroom's friends liaising with the bride's friends. Do you understand that? But who announces, who announces the arrival of the bridegroom? Not just the father, but who does the father send with? The bridegroom's friends. They blow the trumpets, they make loads of noise, the wedding feast's about to begin, and the bride her, hears all this, gets her wedding clothes on, and boom, the whole ceremony starts. Look at this, folks. Listen, there is going to be a bride, but there's also going to be the bridegroom's friends. That is what Jesus is looking for today, is his friends. Friends of the bridegroom. He has loads of people that know him, but he has loads of people that don't know him. Don't really, really know him. And we have an opportunity to know him. We really do. Listen, here we go. This is going to astound you. If you I'm excited. There are 244,000s. 244,000s. In the book of Revelations, chapter 7, it says this. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Number one, chapter seven, Revelation. Right? But those weren't the same 12 tribes of Jacob. There was one missing. There were two others that were, you know, and, and we, I haven't got time to unpack all that. But it wasn't the same 12 tribes of Jacob. They were different. Slightly different. There's a whole reason for that, and there's a whole lot of stuff out there. But listen to this, chapter 14 of Revelations, 14 verses 1 to 5. It says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, his church, and with him the lamb, 
The land of Jesus was 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, like the voice of a loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpers playing. Playing their harps, they sang a new song before the throne. There is a new song that is going to be sung, and it will only be sung by those that are in the heavenly realm, in the throne room of God, that first hear the song, and they're going to bring it down and teach the rest of us to sing it. But folks, it's us that will hear the new song. It's us that will be taken up in an instant. This is the rapture that the misconception or the misunderstanding that we're going to be all raptured up. No, a body of people will be raptured up. A body of people will be harpooned. As the original Greek says, we're going to be harpooned up to hear a new song. But listen to this. They sang as if it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and before the elders. That doesn't sound like earth, does it? We know that's in heaven. They're going to be before the throne room of God, singing and hearing this new song and then sing it before the throne. Sing it before the Lord Jesus. And it says this, and no one could learn that song except for the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Not Israel. It's from the earth. The whole earth. There is going to be 144,000 people walking as Jesus did. Doing the greater work as Jesus did. Because they would have heard a new song in heaven. They will come on earth and they will sing it. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. There are the ones who were not defiled with women. They were virgins. In other words, they're born again. They're born again. Well, they were virgins. These are the ones who will follow the Lamb wherever it goes. We will follow Him. We won't just do and hear John 5, 19. We will do it because we will follow Him. And it says, they were redeemed from among men, being the first fruit unto God. This is speaking about the Feast of Tabernacle, where God is going to reside in a body of people. And they are going to just shine out. And He is going to shine out where it isn't going to be Andy Tip Lady or Heidi Tip Lady. It's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ, where we learn how to move aside and let Him in. When we take the hands of our lives... And he puts her hands on the reins of our lives. And he says, now I can do something. When your will is gone, yet my will will come in. This is going to happen. It is happening. And their mouths were found no deceit. For they were without fault before the throne of God. In other words, they're spotless. They are got no wrinkles. They've got no grey hairs. They will run and not grow weary. They will be strong. They will be healthy. They will be the fit of the fit. Folks, if you don't... This is what the church has got on. Everyone says, this has got to be the Israeli people. But John sees the last seven years. 
And people say this man-child in Revelations 12 is Jesus. It can't be Jesus. Because he says to John, John, I'm going to bring you up here and I'm going to show you things yet to come. Jesus has already been born, yes. He's going to show us things yet to come. I want this. I so want this. And this group is from the Gentiles, but it's also there will be 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel in Israel. There's going to be 144,000 that rise up in the last part of the tribulation. When the fullness of the Gentiles has come to an end and their time comes to the the fore. And this is going to happen. But this second group from Revelations 12, 14 is redeemed from the earth. It cannot, it cannot be the Jewish nation. Chapter 7, chapter 7 is the Jewish nation of the 144,000. Go and study the scripture, but then ask the Lord to reveal it to you. Ask the Lord. Do you know I've been sitting on this for how long, Heidi? I've been sitting on this for years. But I feel tonight is the night that I want to proclaim it. Tonight is the night I want to release it. Guess what? If you are sat here, if you are hearing my voice, you have the potential now to become the 144,000. How many people want to go to the throne room and hear a new song? Are you in your prayer closet? Are you getting so tight with the Lord? You're saying, Lord, in spite of myself. Listen, when I've stood before Jesus and I've seen him face to face, I've seen the colour of his eyes, I've seen the, the pores on his skin. I know the love of God. Like, like it, I, when it says, for God so loved Andy that he sent his one and only son, that when he, when he believes in him, he's completely and utterly saved. I know the love of Jesus. I've been before him. I know how much he loves me. Really loves me. I know what, what Jesus would have run to the cross for me and for you. And that's exactly what he did. He ran to that cross. He ran to it so that we might know him intimately. Not know of him from a book, but know him intimately from that book. There's a difference. We can either serve religion or we can serve him. I choose him. I choose him. But we're going to be the first fruits. Folks, this is a remnant company, a body of people. The Nehemiah people, the Ezra people that return back and establish the foundations of the kingdom of God, which is Jesus. We're going to build upon those foundations. This is a first fruit. Why? Because if it's a first fruit, there must be a second. We're going to show others how to do this. We're going to show others how to do this. This is what we're about here in Bushfire. And I know that when we meet people like Cat and Matt back in Northern Ireland, that's what they're like. They want to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And we cannot, we cannot move to the left and we cannot move to the right. We, can't have, we only have to stay on this path. And that's the only path that Heidi and I want to stay on. I don't want to go to the left. I don't want to go to the right. I want to go straight to where he has called us to be. To be in his bridal paradigm. In whatever which way that is. But I'm saying, God, please, please, let me not disqualify myself from being the 144,000. Because we're going to stand in heaven. And we're going to have people like Peter and John 
and Paul and all the disciples are going to run up to us and they'll say, tell me about the greater works. Tell me about the greater works. Please tell me, what was it like? Because they didn't see it. And yet, look what they saw. Look what they did. Look what they did. I'm going to come to Revelations 12, but I want to press on. See, God is going to have his mighty men and women of valor. He is going to raise up a body of people that will be mighty men and women of valor. And many of us think that we're the Gideons. Hiding away. God won't choose me. I've done this. I've done that. How can God do this? But he's looking at us in the very wine press where we're trying to thrash the wheat and saying, what are you doing in here? He's awaking up a body of people to be mighty men and women of valor, to do the greater works, but to take the battle to the enemy. We're going to take this battle to the enemy like never before. They are quaking in their boots. And God has shown me this in vision. He has shown me this in dreams. He has shown me this in counters. And you can believe it or not. And do you know what? I don't care whether you do believe it or not. I really don't. If you don't believe me, I don't care. I'm going to sing it from the house. I'm going to get on that rooftop and I'm going to sing that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is mighty. He is great. And it's his blood that enables us to come to the throne room of God, what? With boldness. With boldness. We're seated in Ephesians 2, 6. We're seated with him in heavenly places. Not because of what we've done, because what of he has done for us. We're seated with him. And he's waiting for a body of people to clamber up and get into that appointed seat with our names on it. So we're seated with him. Because folks, we're standing at the very threshold of Revelations 4.1. That door is available to us and he is calling us up. He is saying, and, the, and after these things, I looked up and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I will show you things that will must yet come. God is wanting to show a body of people what is to come. And he showed John the last seven years of this earth as we know it. That would usher in the thousand year reign of Jesus. Yes. This is what we're in a battle for. The devil isn't going to roll over and give it over. He isn't. And then it says this. You've got to understand the significance of this. Because we're standing at that four that Revelation 4.1 door. And we've got that invitation to go through that door. And when we do, this is what happens. Immediately, I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, the one sat on the throne. You will see Jesus in all of his glory and live to tell the story. You will see this. When you enter through that Revelation 4.1 door, you will see it, you will go before the throne immediately and see Jesus in all of his glory. I've seen the fear of the Lord. It's the most frightening thing I can totally get and I totally understand when it says in John and Daniel and people like that, that when they've experienced and seen the glory of him who is living in the highest realm come down on earth and he displays his glory, they fall down as if dead men. When God stood before me and the first thing I experienced was fear of the Lord. Because what's that? First sign of wisdom is knowing how big our God is and knowing there is nothing on this earth, nothing, nothing 
on this earth can send them his way. I now know what it means when he says that he holds the earth and the stars and the moon in the palm of his hand. He really does. That isn't figurative. That's literal. That's really literal. And if that's my God, then I know that he that's in me is greater than he that's in this world. And if, and if, if, if I'm for him, then who can be against me? Yeah, I'm just putting it into our terms. And I love Matthew 25, verse 6. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. I've got a question for you tonight. Who is going to give out that cry? Behold, the bridegroom is coming. The father and friends of the bride. Bridegroom. We will be announcing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will announce the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Our generation. Just read Matthew 24. And these are the words of encouragement coming from Daniel down to us in this day. And I love what it says. Do not fear. Do not fear. It says in Daniel 12, 10 verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Do you think that God is going to delay? There's no more delay, folks. There is no more delay. And the words that we say that are targeted intercession, words of prayer, will be heard in the throne room of God. And help is on its way. This will break out on us this year. This is about to break on us this year and it picks up such a momentum to 2015. But there's an overlap now. We're going to see this break out. We're going to start seeing miracles. I'm predicting, I'm saying now to you, Captain Matt, in Jesus' name, be healed. You are healed. You are healed. Matt, you're going to receive kidneys. In the name of Jesus, I pronounce this, that it won't be 20% working kidneys. It's 100% working kidneys because God is going to give you completely new kidneys. Cat, you're going to be completely and utterly healed so you can eat whatever you want. I'm telling you this. We're going to see babies raised up from the dead. And we're not going to see it from a distance. We're going to be doing it. We're going to see a whole generation, a whole church age, for those that believe, who those that hunger, that those who want, be completely and utterly healed. You know, this gone is the day when this gone from this day when we start praying for individuals. You're going to, we're going to stand up in, in great rooms like this and say, everybody who's blind or everyone's got high, get up and stand up. And everybody that's got glasses will start, won't need them anymore. Blind eyes will just appear where there weren't any eyeballs. This is coming on a generation. When we won't do it in ones, we'll do it in whole rooms. We'll do it on stadiums. Every person in a wheelchair, get up. I now command you now in the name of the precious Lord Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. But guess what, folks? If we glorify in this, if we take one little bit of the glory, it'll be lifted off us. That's, I'm, I'm in fear of the Lord of that. But he is going to have a body of people that bring glory to his name. Daniel, that's you and me. Norman, that's you. Betty, Corin, everybody here, that is you. You've got a destiny on your life. 
So let's fulfill it. Let's fulfill it. And God listens to our prayers. And we have the blueprint in chapter 12, how to get our prayers answered efficiently. And if you haven't listened, go and dig the talk out. It's on our website, chapter 12. I bring you, I think it is, seven or eight ways of, of, of doing it. But in verse 13 of chapter 10, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I'd been left alone in there, there with the king of Persia. The prince of Persia had resisted for 21 days and it took Michael, this warrior angel, the, you know, one of the archangels to come along and to assist and help out. Folks, there's an army from heaven being released on us today. I'm guaranteeing. I, I see myriads of angels pouring into this place. When we were talking about this, sat around the, a table, every one of us around that table knew not only do we have the cloud of witnesses there, but we had a whole house full of angels pouring in. As four people in the middle of nowhere got it. Totally got it. You could hear a feather drop. And we did. It's real. I'm telling you, this is real. Now, in chapter, in verse 14, now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, Daniel. And Daniel's telling us what will happen to us in the latter days. For the, revision, the vision refers to many days yet to come. <coughs> This is peak prophecy. And I've already explained what peak prophecy is, and I'll explain it again. This is peak prophecy. Peak prophecy that if you get this right, and he predicts something, then down the age, that is going to be absolutely bang on right. And this is more for us than it was for him. As we look in chapter 12, oh my word. Something is about to happen, and it's going to happen now clear example of peak prophecy is this when Jesus came to the temple in Luke 4 verse 18 and he opens up the book at Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 and it said the spirit and this is what Jesus says reads out of Isaiah in Luke 4 says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives then recovery to the sight of the blind to set in at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and all the eyes who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Why did Jesus close the book halfway through a verse of verse 2? He just closed the book and he sat down. Why did he do it? It should have read after that part, should have gone into verses 2 and 3. The end part of verse 2 is, and the day of vengeance of, the, of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to counsel all those who mourn in Zion, to give her beauty from ashes, the oil of joy from mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Jesus fulfilled the first half of that. That's peak prophecy. He fulfilled every one of those verses from, of, of Isaiah 61, verse 1, halfway through 2. But the peak prophecy is, if Jesus fulfilled those, his part, 
then you can guarantee that the rest of verse 2 and verse 3 will be fulfilled. Body, a body of people that will bring glory to him. That's a prophecy for our age. That he is looking for you and me, Kath, that will raise his name up. And what is our opinion? What is our estimate of him? Daniel's giving us all the clues. And this part of the prophecy will be fulfilled by you and me so that we will bring glory to him, full stop. If you look at the seven churches, I'm going to very quickly go through this. The seven churches in the book of Revelations. It is, again, what Daniel is showing us is a twofold prophecy. But the book of Revelations, in, 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 in the, speaking about the seven churches, has a threefold prophecy. It's speaking to the very churches in that day. It's speaking that down the road, the second part of those is what will happen to those seven churches. And it's also got the third fold of the prophecy, that those seven churches will be alive and well in the end days. We will have parts of those churches around this earth in our day. And we've got them. We've got them. Listen to this. Number one, a loveless church. To the angels of Ephesus write, this is a loveless church. A persecuted church. We've got a persecuted church on this earth. In China, in Iraq, in Syria, just to name a few. Indonesia, it's a persecuted church. It says to a persecuted church, the church of Smyrna. The compromising church was the church of Pergamos. The corrupt church was with Thyatira. The dead church was for Sardis. The faithful church was as the church of Philadelphia. That's the one I want to belong to. The faithful church. And to the lukewarm church of the Lacedians. That is the one. Mind you, I only want to belong in one <coughs> of those seven. I want to be in Philadelphia. The good news. The brotherhood of man. And guess which church is in most of the West? The Lacedian. We are lukewarm. We are so lukewarm. It is unbelievable. Jesus says, I wish that you were cold or hot, but not lukewarm because he will spew us out of his mouth. Many of the church in the West, many of us, in the church in the West, believe we're all doing the right things. We believe we've got it all. We've got the, the, the next sermon. We've got the next prophetic word. We've got this. We think we've got it all. But he sees us pitiful, poor, naked, blind, and wretched. That's how he sees us. But I love what he says. Because, folks, what is the Greek word for Nicolaity means justice for the people. That's what it means, justice for the people. The Greek word in its base form is justice to the people. But this is what we've made it. Because in 324, there was a doctrine signed called the Deeds of the Nicolaitans, written and done by Constantine, the Roman Empire, to form in a holy Roman Empire. And when you look at the Deeds of the Nico, which means people, laity, it really means the ones who come to conquer the people. That's the laity, La Laodicean church. Is the ones who have had religion put on them. But I love this, folks. I love it. 
the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. This is Jesus saying this. He hates us. He hates organized religion as much as we do. And when I look to that word, that word hate is such a strong word. And for the Lord Jesus to use it, we've got to, I went to the word, and the Greek word is miso. M-I-S-E-O, miso, which means to hate, to abhor, to absolutely find utterly repulsive. God finds religion utterly repulsive. But we are overcomers. We have broken out of religion. We have come out of that religious society and we want to experience as much of him for ourselves rather, rather than through men and women telling us how it's got to be. And that door is open. The Revelation 4-1 door is totally open to each and every one of us to break out of religion and to experience him for ourselves in all of his glory, in all of his love, in all of his strength, with all of his favour, with all of his kindness, with all of his faithfulness, with all of his love for ourselves. And when we have this, folks, seven promises are given to us. When we overcome each and every one of those six churches, these are the overcomers. I will give you, number one, give you to eat from the tree of life. Who's the tree of life? Jesus. We could eat all of him, all that he is. I've, everyone knows my first experience with the Lord, where he gave me a piece of a fruit that he took from the garment, underneath the garment, and he cut it in half. Didn't even see the knife, and he presented me with half. And the only way I can describe it, it was like a plum, but not a plum. It was like the most succulent, drippy fruit that you've ever tasted. And it took me five years to understand that it was from the tree of life, which was from Jesus. I had to eat a part of him. I had to, be, to eat a part of him because <laughs> I was a bad boy. <laughs> really bad, naughty boy. Even as a Christian, I was a bad boy. But he had to give me a part of himself to make me understand who he was. And number two... Those that overcome shall not be harmed by the second death. There's a body of people that overcome that will absolutely... I'll just go in front. Those that overcome... Listen, folks, we won't taste death a second time. And that is literal. doesn't mean that we die the second, you know, a, a death and then we go to heaven. He's not talking about that. We won't taste death. Death has lost its sting, but death hasn't been overcome. There's going to be a body of people that literally walk from this realm into the thousand year realm of Christ and serve and reign with him that's the 144,000 that's for you and me Heidi had an experience with the Lord all about this I'm not hiding about these facts number three to him who overcomes I will give you hidden manna to eat how many people want the secrets of heaven when you escape and you get out of this and you run away from all these, these six dreadful churches, he will give you hidden manna to eat thereof. Hidden manna. Hidden manna. He will whisper secrets to you. I love what Bobby Connor says. God shouts his truths but whispers his secrets. How can you hear a whisper? 
by getting your bondservant ear as close to the master's mouth as you possibly can and hear what he says and then do it. Number four, to he who overcomes and keeps my words until overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I will give him power over the nations. This is the thousand year reign that he will give us power and he shall rule with an iron rod. And I haven't got time to go into that. I love this. <coughs> Number five, Revelations 3, 5. To he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. We will have the righteousness, the purity, the unbelievable love of the Lord Jesus Christ on us. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. It's guaranteed. It's there. Number six, I will make you pillars in my temple. Isn't that beautiful? You will never leave it. From now, from this point now, if you are an overcomer, you have the right now to be in the temple, the very throne room of God and be one of those temples, those pillars that hold up the very foundations of the kingdom. And you will never leave. And the last one. I love this one. To him overcomes, I will grant with him to sit with me on my throne. Guess what's just flashed up on there? My calendar. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Just flashed up on there just to remind me that it's coming. Yom Kippur. It's coming. He will sit with me on my throne. So, we're overcomers of the loveless church, of the persecuted church, the com- That's- I think God's trying to say something here. Yom Kippur. <laughs> what does that say, Heidi? Yes, it does. Yom Kippur, it's on my calendar. God is saying, I believe God is saying this, folks. If you don't believe it, I believe it. It's come through on my iPad, it's come through on my iPhone. God has prophesied something is going to happen in Yom Kippur. God is saying that. That is not a coincidence. I do not believe in coincidences. I believe in the prophetic word of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God is saying to us tonight that something is about to happen in Yom Kippur to us in this place. And to you, Cat and Matt, something is going to break out at Yom Kippur. Get out of the dead, the corrupt, the compromised, and the persecuted, and the loveless church but especially get out of a lukewarm church. If you're in a lukewarm church that isn't moving in these things, that isn't pressing onto these things, I tell you now to get out of it. I tell you now to get out of the Lacedian church as fast as you can flip and well run. Get yourself off. Get yourself cleaned up. Get yourself cut off from it. Come and get some prayer. Corin will pray for you. Michelle will pray for you. We'll all pray for you. Get religion off that flipping butt of yours. I'm telling you, Get out of that church. Get out of that loveless church. Get out of that, that absolutely dead church that it says in 2 Timothy 5, and it says these words, it says they will move in these things, but deny the power. Get out. Get out. Have no more to do with it. Cut yourself off. And I love the faithful church. The, the, the 
Philadelphian church, the ones of faithful. Listen, what is faith? Believing in those things that aren't yet here. How's it? How do we please God? It's impossible to please God without. Do you have faith for this? Do you have faith that you are one of the 144,000? I, I love it. Christine, Christina, you are going to go to your country. You're going to tell the Hungarian people they're going to be hungry for this like never before. I'm giving you that as a prophetic word. You're going to go back and forth. You're going to go inside and outside. You're going to go behind the Iron Curtain when the Iron Curtain falls in those country, and you're going to start telling them that they are a faithful church, that they are going to become overcomers. You're going to tell them everything that you've heard and more. I'm predicting that on you now, right now in the name of Jesus. I felt that. Listen, does anyone know the, the, the film, The Incredibles? I don't even know, I haven't seen it, but I just know that it's there. And what I felt the Lord say to me today, because look, folks, I haven't had time this week to prepare this. I've made lots of research and notes. I only wrote it up today. It took me about five hours. And suddenly I said to Heidi, what time is it? She said, quarter to five. And I thought, I've got to get ready. <laughs> this is as fresh as it can get. But I heard the Lord say this, that we are the Incredibles. We are the Incredibles. We are the Incredibles. We are the mighty men and women of valor. That's came from the Lord today. Sat in my kitchen, I'm going, oh, wow, I don't get that. I've not even seen the film. But God is saying we're going to be doing the Incredibles, the incredible things of him, the Incredibles. We're going to be, if you know anything about King David and the mighty men of valor, I love them. I've read every book. I can, I literally have eaten it. I know the stories of Ben and I, Azariah. I know all the stories of the three mighty men of valor. They held a pass against 2,000, uh, I was going to say Philadelphians, <laughs> Philistines. They held a pass of 2,000 Philistines and held it off just the three of them against 2,000. They stepped over the bodies of so many Philistines and only a few escaped. Benaniah stood up against a giant and he was a Nephilim from Egypt and he defeated him. He went into a pit and he killed a lion with his bare hands. These are the mighty men of Allah and they trained the 30 of King David's army. <coughs> and those 30 became 300. And he had a special bodyguard of 300 men, of mighty in battle. Lord, it says in Psalm 144, prepare my arm for war and my fingers, my hands for battle. This is what he's doing to us today. He's preparing us for battle. He's preparing us for battle. And we've seen castles. We've seen how many castles in Northern Ireland? Lots this week. And Joshua was there. I loved it. He was up on the battlements yesterday and he had his sword. You know, I love, he had his sword, he had his stick. And I said, cut the head off that Nephilim. As it was coming over. I said, push that ladder, let him tumble. Pour the oil on them. Pour the, you know, boiling oil, you know. And I'm getting him to do this. Because I see in the spirit. We've got we've to strike some heads off, some Nephilim. Hey, it's called home ed. <laughs> but it, folks, we've got to be like this. He knows more about Nephilim than most of us sat here. Because as in the days of Noah, so it shall be. That the Son of Man shall repair. As in the days of Noah. Why did God send the floods? Because the corruption that had entered in 
to the DNA of man. Nephilim. And he may have drowned the body, but we've got to deal with the spirit. We've got to, we've got to cut some heads off. And he's making us the Incredibles. He's making us the Invincibles. And he's going to make us to train others to do this. There are two demonic forces at work here, and we see in Daniel 10, the Prince of Persia and the Prince of Greece. Listen, the Prince of Persia is active today. He is active today in Lower Russia, in Syria, in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Turkey, and Egypt. Again, when I told you this is peak prophecy, Daniel has seen this, but he's seeing it more in our day than he did in his day. This is, how, is, that, is that spirit active? Is that principality active today? It certainly is. He's called the Prince of Persia. These nations will come up against the Jews. And they did do and they have done from Daniel's day and before Daniel's day to our day. They have never, ever, ever stopped coming against the Jewish nation. But it says in the word that when they see the planting of Jerusalem, the planting and the establishment of the nation in, in, in Israel, in 1948 and 1967 and 68, they're not going to be moved again. That's a promise from God. They will not be moved again. They still want to destroy Israel. They still want to bring Israel's walls down. They still want to destroy every man and woman and child. Hezbollah, Hamas, ISIS, they do not recognize. Iran do not recognize Israel as a nation. They want to utterly destroy it. I love what the Israelis say. Keep your enemy's enemy close. There are workings going on between Israel and Egypt that you will never believe. <coughs> there are going to be under-the-counter under negotiations going on in Syria as we speak. ISIS has got to be destroyed. ISIS has got to be destroyed. This is what we've got to start interceding for, for God to destroy that principality that's over that nation's what do you think it is that a guy gets to soar off ahead of another guy and think it's all right in the name of religion? And we've got them on our back doorstep. But we've got to train them in the spirit of love, the spirit of peace, the spirit of our God. We've got to introduce them to our Jesus. And we're not going to do them with clever words. We've got to demonstrate it with signs and wonders. When they've got a sick child, or they've got a deformed leg, and you straighten it, you do whatever, they will listen to you. But then we should be asking that God sends angels and the Lord Jesus into the rooms of imams in this country and start unpounding the gospel through, the, through the, uh, the, uh, their holy book, the Quran. Because that's happening. That is happening. God is absolutely appearing. Jesus is appearing to imams and absolutely saying to imams through the Quran, Jesus. Do you know it speaks about Jesus? How many times, Heidi? In the Quran? It speaks the name of Jesus in the Quran. Something like 40 times, it speaks the name of Jesus. It mentions the prophet Muhammad twice. 
I can give you the link that will give you all the information about this. It speaks about Jesus in the book of Quran, in the, in the Quran more than it does about the prophet Muhammad. Read verses 15 to 21. I won't read them myself, but just, just of Daniel 10. But I just want to finish up on this. Listen, it basically says that, you know, that the Lord will strengthen us for this battle as he strengthened Daniel. He said, let the Lord speak for you have strengthened me. And he says, do you, not, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. Where was one of the provinces of Greece? Turkey. I've done that talk, folks. If you want to know where the Antichrist, where I think the Antichrist is going to come out of, I believe will come out of Turkey. The eastern side of the Holy Roman Empire, the revived part of the Holy Roman Empire, will come out of Turkey. Where was it? Headquarters, Constantinople. Istanbul. But I will tell you what was noted in the scriptures of truth. No one upholds against me these things except Michael, your prince. The spiritual warfare is more active now than it was in Daniel's time. And we've got to get into this fight. We've got to grasp this. The enemy is still active. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 3 and 4. Just read it. For even our gospel is veiled to veil to those who are perishing, whose minds the guards of this age has blinded. Who's going to open their eyes? We are. And he's still trying to deceive the world, the whole world. Revelations 12, 9. So the great giant or the dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. And he is sowing his wickedness into the very ground that we stand on today. Matthew 13, verses 39 to 40. The whole parable of the wheat and tares. These things are growing up to maturity at the same time. As they are, as we are seeing these great things of darkness coming upon this earth, God is raising up his ones of light, the wheat. That's us. And we will mature at the same time as the tares. Same time. And spiritual warfare is active today. I just looked at the mass murderers of the 20th and 21st century, and I had to stop. When I looked at it, listen, folks, we are closer than this than ever before, than ever before. Listen to this. Mao Zedong in China, 78 million have killed. He's killed. Joseph Stalin in Russia, 23 million. Adolf Hitler in Germany, 12 million. Leopold II from the Congo, 8 million. Chojo of Japan, 5 million. Pol Pot of Cambodia, 2 million. Kim, Kim Jong-sung and his son now in Northern Korea, 1.5 million of his own people. Ish... Ishmael Ebener of Turkey, 2.5 million. And that was only in five years. Rwanda, 2 million. Mugabe in Zimbabwe, hundreds of thousands. Assad in Syria is now over 200,000 people. Saddam Hussein was 600,000. Sambimbi of Angola is 500,000. Iran, you can't get the figures. You can't get the figures in Iran. There'll be hundreds of thousands of their own people that have disappeared. But 1 John, 1 John 4, verse 4, 
but you are the children of God, little children, and have overcome them because he that is in you is greater than he that's in this world. Never has there been a word spoken that this verse is going to come out. And God is now looking for prayer warriors like Daniel for this country like never before. And I'm telling you, our country hangs in the balance. My, Matt, my friend Matt said this word, and I totally believe it. This is what I believe, and this is what I've been seeing. That the 1938, he says 1940, of the Battle of the Great Britain was a dress rehearsal for this age, for this time. Absolutely. I believe that this country can be overrun by Europe from this darkness that is descending upon Europe, coming down through Russia, coming right away through Gog and Magog, coming right away through Germany, right away through France, and onto the very shores of Great Britain. We can be overrun. I'm telling you, it's like, if you want to see the clearest point of where we're at, just go and have a look at Lord of the Rings. Go in the Batriders. That's on our shore. But I love this. I love this. Listen, we will not, we've got to pray that we will not see the Antichrist system come onto the UK. I believe, I totally believe that because of all the saints that have gone before out of this land and sown their blood into so many different countries and continents around this world, that they're in the, 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 the whole thing of, of um, the, the cloud of witnesses, that they're going to make the great being put back into Great Britain. But we've got to pray it in. We've got to pray this in. But I believe that this nation will be designated areas that will be defended by Jesus. That will be literal places where the Jews and the Muslims will run to. And even the gates of Hades will not prosper into this area. I believe that we're one of them. Where do I get it from? Revelations 12, 6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where, she was play, where a place was prepared for her by God. And they should feed her there for 100, well, for 1,260 days. You tell me anywhere else in the Bible that for three and a half years a woman has been fed in the desert. It's not happened. So Revelation 12 is for our day. Because it says these words. That we see a huios, a huios, a man child that will be birthed out of the woman, the true church, the bride, the bride will birth a man child. It's 144,000 that will be harpooned, caught up, raptured up into the heavenlies. They will be taught a new song in the heavenlies and they will come down to places prepared by God for the bride and feed them for the last three and a half years. Tell me where it says there that we're raptured out of it in the tribulation. Explain to me that verse and try telling me that we're raptured out. Because listen, the Antichrist comes on the scene and for the first three and a half years he agrees with a treaty, a treaty of peace. And it takes him three and a half years, by the book of Daniel we glean this, it takes him three and a half years to establish himself, to start bringing in a one world order, a one world currency, a one world political order. And then he turns and he commits the abomination that causes desolation in the very temple. We know there has to be a third temple built. 
but he will cause something. He will sacrifice a pig in the temple and call himself God. (coughs) And when that happens, when that happens, that's when the 144,000 from Israel rise up. And that's where we will see the 144,000 of Israel being raised up and Israel's time come for the Jewish nation. Prayer is an important weapon. Absolutely important. Do you know the story about Moses uh, when he goes up and he says to Aaron, you know, you know, Ar- you know to, 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 sorry, not to Aaron, to uh, uh, Joshua, when they're fighting the Amal- Amalekites, he says, go in there, fight them in the valley. And he stands on there and he has his hands up and he's praying over the battle. And as his arms go down, the Amalekites start winning. As his arms are raised up, the Amalekites start losing. Can I ask you a question? Folks, this is where we're at. We have been commanded to go into the valley and fight. But at what, where is the battle won? In the valley or on the mountain? Absolutely, on the mountain. Prayer is going to win this war. When we stand on that mountain... And we are praying in this. And God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will keep our arms up as we pray because we will not lose this battle. There is a birthing of a man-child. And 2013, 2014 has been a preparation. 2012 has been a preparation. But I believe now in Yom Kippur of October the 3rd of this year, we're going to start seeing the birthing of a man-child. We're going to start being caught up into heavenlies. We're going to start being shown new things, new technology is going to be burst onto this earth, both good and bad. Because what we're seeing in ISIS is a generation of, of young men being raised up with a passion. A passion. And they will not swerve to the left or the right. And they are prepared to die for that passion. Doesn't that sound a bit like the counterfeit that is about to be raised up? of young men and women that will be, that's us. Whether you're old or not, that's you. (laughs) It's a man-child, fully matured, huios, will be raised up and that's what God is happening. That's what we will start seeing of this year in 2014. And I believe it will start coming into maturity at the end of 2015. I believe that 2015-16, we will start seeing the Temple Mount on the Temple Mount, there's going to be a war breaking out in Israel in 2015 like never before. But what they will do is gain the Temple Mount. They've gained the land. They've gained the city. Now they're going to gain the Temple Mount. And they will start building the Temple, the Third Temple. When we see that Third Temple being run, we know that the, the clock watch for the, for, the, for the Gentiles is ticking away, but it's soon to stop. What's that going to incorporate? The biggest, biggest revival this world has ever seen ever seen when the completion of that temple mount is done the temple on the temple mount is done you can guarantee another stopwatch starts it's the time for the jews and the jewish nation i've unpacked this folks taking my time to unpack it heidi tells me you know take your time i really wanted to unpack this we're on the threshold of this about to break out on us now but we've got to pray it in Daniel 9 and 10, when we go into Daniel 11 and 12, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the faint-hearted. 
And I'm going to unpack that. Because in Daniel, it talks about 1,260, 90 days. But there's also 1,230, sorry, 60 days. There's a 30 days difference. I'm going to unpack what that 30 days is. Oh, my word. There's one side I want to be on those last 30 days. It's the last 30 days of this earth. I know which side I want to be on. I know, and I've, I've, oh, anyway, I won't. But Jesus, Jesus is coming. He's coming for his people, to his people. And he's looking for us. Are you ready to pray it in? I'm sorry if I've gone on. I know it's half past nine now. I'm not, I'm not really apologizing. <laughs> just thought I'd just feign humbleness. No, but I, honestly, folks, we're at the brink of it. And this is why I love Ginny here. You know, I didn't pre- prepare this for you, Ginny, or anybody. I prepared it for him, and I prepared it for you. I prepared it for people like that are out there, like the Mats and the, and the Cats and the Jakes and the Bonnies and the Rusties. There are people listening to this all over the place. We got... <laughs> A nurse listening to this in Saudi Arabia. We got, you know, so it's going places, folks. Why? Not because Andy's, you know, I've I've spent hours. I've spent hundreds of hours investing into this. It's not me to make me look good. It's to prepare a body of people. It's to prepare a body of people to look good for him. That's what it is. And that's from the book of Daniel. Because Daniel sees it right the way through. John sees the last seven. I'm preparing us for the last seven through the book of Daniel. So folks, you can disagree with me, you can come out with all, and that's fine. Honestly, that's fine. Let's not get off, you know, looking at the 20% you don't agree with. Let's agree on the the 80%. But if you've got something to to add to that or something that you want to, now's your time. This is where we have an open, open floor for you to bring what you feel that you want to bring. And we probably we can spend twenty minutes doing this. It's always really good and interesting. So and if anybody's got, got anything to, to say, ask, say, share, thought, please share it. But I'm telling you, have a look. Honestly, have a look at chapter seven and have a look at chapter fourteen. Oh. Revelation. Okay. There is a complete distinction between those two. I've broken it down in every which way I possibly can. Greek, Albanian, no, I'm not. But, you know, I've broken it right <laughs> the way down. Albanian? Yeah, I'm just, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, of course you can, Ginny. Yep. Just to throw it into the mix. Um, in, as it goes back into the Hebrew, and historians say it's a great multitude, not a specific number, because the counting system wasn't even developed by then. I mean, people have different opinions about this, but I just want to throw it in. Yeah. Because if it's a specific amount of people, then we become like the Jehovah's Witnesses and we have to try and get a specific amount. But I think if it's a great multitude, that seems to be more likely God's heart. Because he'll call anybody in who understands it. Yeah. Without, oh, well, I'll never get into a small number like 144,000. And two of, I asked a couple of, a believing historian and a Jewish believer who's 
extremely good at this type of stuff. And they said, yes, it is actually a great multitude and not a specific number. I didn't want it to be. I'd much rather there be specific numbers. Then we yeah. got into, yeah, well, they use a thousand and a hundred a centurion. Yeah, that was a legitimate amount of, of people that was an accepted number that was recorded. But it's all to do with recorded numbers. So I just throw that in because, you know, the Lord is going to save all those who understand. And I just think his heart is to, to draw in. He only knows the number of people. And just also just to encourage you about the story of the bride. I mean, I've been, we've been teaching this for years, the bride story. And it's absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. How it changes the way people think. You know, from the moment that you start to talk about the bride, for example, being given gifts by the bridegroom to make herself ready. Everything mm. has got a parallel and incredible um, energy in it, which just even Diamond and John had the story at their wedding. Are they still here? They had the story of it at their wedding because yeah. <coughs> it's the one bit of preparation that people need, yeah. not you know, sort of a standard thing. So, you know, praise God that the bride will be ready because the gifts have already been given to her. And that moment when, you know, the bride has, um, you know, heard in the distance the sound of the wedding party coming out. Just it's imagine amazing. what that's going to sound like. Yeah. And she's been mikvahed. She's, she's, she's been in and out the water constantly to make herself ready. And we need to keep this cleansing of this idea of a mikvah. Yeah. You know, um, it's Just the constant cleansing. But, you know, I'm excited that some things... We've had to shelve for decades because they've yeah. just been not accepted. But now is the moment. Now's the time to bring it out. I really feel that that's we we need the to bring case. these things out. I mean, just to come back to your point, you know, the 144,000. I believe. I believe this is my. I've I've done because it was written in Greek. That was the original language it was written in, and um, I've done the research. And this is just my research. You know, I'm just saying I believe it's literal. I believe it's 144,000 because it says it'll be a first fruit. And I believe that because it says 1,260 days, it's quite, you know, that's three and a half years. It's very specific in the whole language. And I try to, I, I've read so many people saying what you're saying, but this, I'm just coming out from what I, what I believe. Um, but I believe there is going to be a remnant company of people, without a shadow of a doubt. I believe it's 144,000, but it could be a multitude of number of people. You know, what it is, you know, when we all have it unpacked, we can all do our I-5 and say, yeah, you know what, you were right on that. You know, fantastic. But we're, we're moving in the same direction. We know that God's preparing a body of people. We know that he is. That's the important part. Yeah, and, and to not get sidetracked from that. But it is not a... An odd, how many people have we got living on this earth? Six billion? Seven billion now? It's about, it's about six, seven billion. I think 144,000 or a number of that scale is not a great deal in the big scheme of things. But that body of people, whatever number they are, they're not going to be great, but they're going to do the greater works. They're going to walk this earth as Jesus did, but they're to train and equip others to do the same. So they will be multi they're a first fruit. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and whatever they'll do, this is what they'll do. 
they'll provoke people into jealousy. What have you got that I haven't? And I'll either be rejected or embraced. It is fantastic. I just thought, you know, when we're talking about the targeted intercession and also praying, you know, the evil that's rising and persecuting Christian. And I kept thinking about Paul, the disciple, that he was passionate when he was persecuting the Christians. Absolutely. Passionate, but yet one encounter with the Lord turned his passion the other way. And we can pray that the leaders of ISIS, those that are filled with passion, to come and will encounter Jesus in such a way that they will turn away. And then when their heart, when these people's heart changes, those principalities and powers will lose the hold that they have on the land. Corin, will you come and pray for us? Can you come and pray? I mean, you're the best in this. This is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, you're the best in this. Come and pray over us. Come and just, just do whatever the Lord puts in your heart. Yeah. You know, because folks, you know, we've got to get ourselves prepared. Yeah. We've got to get ourselves prepared. We've got to stop this bickering. So Lord, I just pray that you teach us to surrender ourselves completely to your will. We may put aside our fears, our emotion, our wills, our ambitions, Lord, but just look up to you. I pray in this time there will be a unity in the body of Christ, Lord. We pray, O oh God, that you'll give us a compassion to pray the things that are not as if they are. Compassion for those, Lord, who are rooted in evil, Lord, because of their ignorance, because they don't know you. But Lord, we just pray that, Lord, your power, Lord, your love, the power of your love will overwhelm. And that you wave, I pray right now, a wave of love to be sent from you, Lord, from the throne of God, Lord, onto those regions that people will experience, Lord, your presence, your person, Lord, that, Lord, you'll meet them face to face. That they'll be transformed, Lord. I pray right now, renewing of hearts. Our own hearts here, that's where it all begins, Lord. That, Lord, no longer we will look at other people with judgment in our eyes, Lord. That, Lord, we will accept that we are different. That we will accept, oh God, that our destinies are different. We have different callings for one purpose. And, Lord, I just pray right now that you feel us afresh, Lord. That will continue, Lord, to be filled with your love. Because this is the only way we'll be able to stand. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place here. I thank you, Lord, that this will be a place of love. That even, Lord, there'll be Muslim being saved and coming here. And even if they want to come to attack, Lord, they will just be hit by a wall of love. And they will throw their weapons to the floor. And just weep before your presence, Lord. Just like Paul did, Lord. 
And we thank you that your love is more powerful. Lord, let us love. I pray right now you stretch our hearts. That our mind will shrink, but our hearts will grow even more. That it will be an amazing big heart. Your heart will be in us. That, Lord, that we will love no matter what. And I pray all these things, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, Father, I just pray now, Lord, will you teach us how that we can have targeted prayer. And Father, can you prepare us for what you want to do? And Father, I pray now that in this city that we can reach every man, woman, and child with this gospel. Every Muslim child, every Muslim man, every man, woman, and child, no matter what or where they come from. I pray for that right now, Lord. And Sheffield is known as um, a place where foreigners are welcome. And uh, Father, I pray now you're bringing them here, Lord, so they can be welcomed by the Holy Spirit into the knowledge and into the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray now against any principality in this country that is trying to rise up a right-wing minority against the coming surge of, of Islam. Lord, I pray, will you stop it? But Lord, will you rise up a body in the church to bring love and unity and peace where there is hate? And Father, I pray now, will you just um, put touch every Muslim and every Jew in this country? Lord, and put your mark on them in Jesus' name. And bring this as a sign to this world that Jew and Arab can live in peace with Christian. Lord, we just love you. And I just pray, Father, that, um, oh, Lord, that we would be moved by your spirit. Andy prayed and, and, and we've been hearing and talking about this targeted intercession, Lord, that is needed and how Neville prophesied that... Um, that Andy and us, that we need to fight and we need to stand firm and that, it, that England will be saved, he said, through, um, through um, interceding women, particularly not just women, of course, but that's like a, a picture that it, it often is that way. And Lord, I just pray that you would stir our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would stir up your people in this nation, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would become a people who um, just really want to spend more and more time praying and interceding to catch your heart, Lord Jesus, not just to shout and scream and stomp, even though that can be good, but it's, Lord, it's powerful when we are shouting and stomping and moving about because we are moving with the heart and the words that you give to us directly, Lord. And that's what we ask you, Lord, for. And I pray, Lord, that we would, each of us, that we would um, be given that particular element that we need to pray for and stand firm on. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that this intercession would rise up. Lord, that we will see stadiums full, that we will see the Royal Albert Hall full and, and busted to overflowing with people coming to, um, to hear and to, to worship you and to hear about you, God. 
And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that none of us would feel disqualified from this call. Lord, I just pray that each one of us who are gifted in different ways, Lord, that we would receive the call directly and the words directly from your throne room, Lord, that we would know how to move, how to pray and how to, to, and how to fight and stand firm in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a love and of sound mind. And Lord, I thank you that when we are in, in times with you, and even when, maybe when we're doing just normal everyday jobs, Lord, that we would start to take more heed and pay more attention to those split-second spontaneous thoughts that you send our way. Lord, where you are speaking to us and you are giving us revelation and you are stirring us up, Lord. And I just pray, God, that we would be a people of obedience, that we would not just say, yes, Lord, we'll follow you and then sit down. But, Lord, that we would be people who would stand and say, yes, we will follow you and we will be quick to obey. Because, Lord Jesus, you said, if you love me, you obey me. And what good is it if we say we love you, we love you, we worship you, and then we don't obey you, God? That is the last thing we want to do. I just pray, Lord, that you would stir us up, stir your people up in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would just rise up like this mighty army, God. And Lord, keep pride far from our house in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray, Father, for those Josephs and those Daniels that you've called and anointed and appointed for this time in the UK. And Lord, we bless them in Jesus' name. And I just pray for Lord, they know who they are mostly. And I pray, God, that they would be protected, that the blood of Jesus would cover them. And I pray in the name of Jesus that they would literally just move closer and closer into the throne room. Lord, that they would give, be given access to people in high places. In Jesus' name, Lord, much more than we may even be aware of. But I pray, Lord, that you would open the doors, whether they go in the spirit to speak to those people, whether they go in the flesh. Lord, I believe both will be happening. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you you'd put your hand upon those Josephs and Daniels, that they would not just be able to interpret dreams, but have the wisdom to know what to do and how to move the government forward. And I pray, God, we just ask you again, as we've prayed earlier, Lord, that you would cause our government to side with Israel. Lord, we cannot afford, we cannot afford for this nation to um, just to be a crowd pleaser. And just to simply get lots of votes and therefore compromise on the word of God. Lord, I just pray that our government would side with Israel and do what's needed to support this country and this land and these people. And ultimately to say yes to you and yes to your word. Lord, because we want the revival to hit our shores. We want your spirit to pour out amongst your people, amongst this people, Lord. In Sheffield, in England, in, in the UK, in all parts. And Lord, we want these arrows to go and this, these like fireworks just to go from our nation afar across to many nations. Lord, we want to see your word come alive in so many people, Lord. So Jesus, I just pray, oh God, may we capture your heart in the name of Jesus.